Welcome to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini, the podcast where we meet the extraordinary talents, both on stage and off, working at Opera Australia. These conversations were all originally filmed for our streaming service, OATV. You can find more online at tv.opera.org.au, as well as full productions and behind-the-scenes footage. And just a quick note, this conversation was recorded in mid-2020, when our Brisbane Ring Cycle was still scheduled for the end of the year. It's since been postponed until October and November 2021. You can find more information at opera.org.au forward slash ring. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to OA TV. And my very special guest today, Anna Louise Cole. Anna Louise is preparing Sieglinde and also covering Brunhilde in the forthcoming ring cycle. So Anna Louise, welcome. Thank welcome you. Welcome to OATV. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, um, you were born in Melbourne, I think. I was, I was. And uh, you grew up in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And what was the impetus for you to start singing? Uh, I, I sort of always knew that I had a voice, mm -hmm. even when I was a kid. Um, I played the piano when I was in primary school very badly, very, very badly. Um, but I could sing. I sort of somehow worked that out as a child. Mm -hmm. I don't know quite how. My mother was a beautiful singer and so was my dad. Was it always classical choirs. music or? Yeah, it was, mm. it was. I hit high school and I'd done a deal with my dad that I was allowed to stop having piano lessons if I took up another instrument. And I went to a wonderful State High School in Melbourne, Uni High, mm -hmm. which has an excellent music program. And so I took up the cello mm -hmm. and just fell in love with it. Mm. I became one of those kids who was just obsessed with music. And mm. I did junior choir, senior choir, chamber choir, the musical, junior strings, senior strings, <laughs> senior orchestra. And then I also did Saturday morning music with Melbourne Youth Music. And then eventually worked my way up to playing in the Melbourne Youth Orchestra as mm -hmm. a cellist. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would have been fantastic training, obviously, yeah. for a life as a singer. And, mm. uh, and also the cello, too. A lot of people feel that the, that the cello is the closest instrument to yeah. the human voice. Yeah, And so Definitely. having that and, you know, playing and being involved mm. with the instrument so much is tremendous preparation. But yeah. how did you find singing in those choirs? Because you have a large voice. Yeah, I mean, even then, <laughs> I was always sort of occasionally told to be quiet, <laughs> which, which never really has stopped yeah. in my um, professional life until recently, which mm. is a great relief. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I just, I really loved it. And then I had this kind of sliding doors moment when I wanted to get into the con in Melbourne. Mm. I, um, I don't know if I failed the audition or if they mucked up my paperwork, but I'd auditioned as a cellist and as a singer. Mm -hmm got a letter that I didn't get in at all and I was absolutely devastated. Mm. Um, so I set up an audition to do a diploma of music mm -hmm. and for some reason I had to pop into my old high school, saw my music teacher and told him and he said, I think they made a mistake, I'll call the dean. And so he called the dean and got my diploma audition turned into a bachelor re-audition. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was talking to my cello teacher and as a cellist, I used to have terrible nerves, like my hand would shake, mm -hmm. it'd be awful. And my cello teacher said, oh, what's singing like? Because you have terrible nerves as a cellist. And I said, oh, singing's easy. And he said, 
not everything in life has to be difficult. Mm. And so I took his advice and I cancelled the, the cello portion of the audition, sang for Merlin Quaife, mm -hmm. and she said, terribly sorry, don't know what happened, welcome to the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think like that, that sort of interregnum, that three months of looking at life as a young adult without music, mm. looking at that very real possibility, I think it's given me a bit of persistence. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I got to look at what that was like. Mm. And I didn't like it. So you finished uh, the bachelor's course there, mm. and um, we first met when you joined the Opera Australia Chorus. Yes. When was that? Five years ago, yeah. almost exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, you were fantastic in the chorus, and we love having you in the chorus. Thank you. Uh, but then um, I realised that um, you know we needed to do something else with you yes. uh, because you have this um, extraordinary instrument. Thank you. And um, so you, you became a young artist with the company mm. and uh, you've sung a number of roles, including Aida. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now this is really, you're singing the, the repertoire that really, uh, well, our view is that you are made to sing. Mm. And that is uh, the big Wagnerian repertoire. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about um, how you've started approaching that, particularly uh, coming out of the chorus where mm. you need to blend with other people Hmm. and about finding your own voice in every way. Yeah. Um, that's been... It's been a real journey and I think, you know, I feel... I feel incredibly lucky that you and the company hmm. have been able to support me as a young artist to just have the time to kind of take my voice out of the chorus because, hmm. I mean, I will, I will start by saying the Opera Australia Chorus is an incredible group of people, mm. an incredible bunch of musicians, an incredible bunch of voices, mm. full of soloists. So many of our wonderful soloists have come from the chorus, mm. you know, and so it, it remains a great privilege to ever have sung with them. Mm. Um, but it, it did get to a point where I would turn over and look at the then chorus master, Anthony Hunt, at certain points and he'd just go... And I'd know that I'd have to just blend a bit more yeah. <laughs> and then I sort of got taken off the top lines, moved down a bit, mm. put myself at the back of the group. Um, <laughs> yeah, and as a short person that's not great because you can't <laughs> see the conductor. Um, but it, yeah, it just eventually got to a point where it was clear that I had to make a choice about mm. my voice. Um, singing in the chorus can be a really beautiful life. Yeah. But I, I just had this little desire to keep going with it. And so, you know, I felt very lucky that you took me out of it and said, have some time, take some time. It will take time to stop that, just that muscle memory because yeah. the chorus has this huge schedule. Yeah. And also to, you know, you need to modify the way that you sing mm. um, when you're in the chorus. Yes. And it's, it, as you say, it, it's about blending and about sounding um, as, as one unit. Mm. Uh, but, um, you know, you need to sound like a Wagnerian singer, which you do. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to talk a little bit about, about yeah. um, preparing Sieglinde and Brunhilde? Yeah. So with Sieglinde, I was incredibly lucky to understudy it back in 2016 when we did our first mm. ring. Um, at the time, Tony Legg spent a lot of time with me, teaching me that role and also teaching me how to sing Wagner, mm. how to approach the language. So I have a German degree. That's very lucky. Um, but sung German is not 
spoken German yeah. and also Wagnerian German is not spoken German either. Yeah. So it takes quite a different approach to learn that. And um, I just feel incredibly lucky that Tony took that time with me mm. over the course of probably about a year. Yeah. And so then I was able to rehearse her for the first two weeks mm. of the 2016 revival production. It was me, Brad Daly, who sang Siegmund and um, Neil Armfield, actually in this very room, mm. um, for two whole weeks. And that was just the most incredible time, the most incredible privilege yeah. to get to embody this character who's truly one of the most beautiful characters I think there is in the repertoire. Mm. She has such an incredible journey and then the music. You know. yeah. So I felt at then, and then Amber Wagner arrived, mm. who's now become a really good friend and Amber is an extraordinary singer. Mm. And I was able to learn so much by watching her yeah. and listening to her and hearing how she approached it and then eventually speaking to her and understanding her technique. Um, yeah, that was really incredible. And then I went over to Vienna for six months and kept working on Sieglinder. And so then when I came back this time, when you told me that I would be mm. singing it, she was an old friend. Yeah. yeah. My voice had changed a lot yeah. in that time. So it, it really took a lot of time to sing her back in again. But I think probably the best thing that um, I did was I still quite can't believe that it happened, but um, at your, with your support, I was able to go over to Bayreuth mm. last year mm. and um, at, as a guest of Stefan Finke yep. and work on Sieglinder there with all of the coaches there. Mm. So I eventually worked with, I think it was six different coaches mm -hmm. at Bayreuth in their rehearsal rooms. Mm. Um, while the Festspiele was happening, yep. I was able to see everything that they did. I saw all but one of the dress rehearsals and then the very opening night. I mm -hmm. think it was fate. Yeah. I just checked the ticket website. I think it was half past midnight. You can never get tickets. And there was just one seat. Mm. And so I just put the credit card down. Fortunately, it was not ridiculous. Some <laughs> of those ticket prices are ridiculous. I was right up in the gods, but it didn't matter. Yeah. It was wonderful. And so being able to sing it there is something quite special. It's Absolutely. quite, it's different. It's a different experience than working on it anywhere else. Mm. Um, yeah, well, it's the absolute tradition of Wagnerian singing. Yes. And um, to be part of that and to mm. absorb it too is a mm. really important uh, aspect of yeah. um, singing this repertoire. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, the sort of stamina that you may need to sing these roles? Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the big challenges. Mm. It is one of the big challenges. So for me, it, working on these roles, if, if I spend too much time thinking about the whole role and the whole journey of it, particularly working on Brynhilde, it's quite overwhelming because, mm. you know, she's, well, it's, she's, it's enormous. she's huge. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, I've been so lucky, like work, particularly working with Tahu, our head of music, and another way to look at it is you arrive, you warm up, and you sing this scene, and then you sing that scene, and this one and that one. And that's not so bad. Mm. That's very doable. Mm. And of course, there are huge breaks in the middle, yeah. particularly in Goethe Demerol. 
um, which can be a good thing and a bad thing, but I think it's just a matter of just taking it as it comes, mm. stepping it out, planning, planning your voice, planning your journey, making sure it's well memorised, mm. and not, not trying to think too hard about the totality of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really one step at a time. Exactly. And pacing yeah. yourself. Yes. Which is um, a huge thing in these operas because um, one of the mistakes that people make is that, um, that there are a lot of climaxes in the yes. ring. And if you want to play every single one of them to the max, mm. then you're finished after half an hour. Mm. And so it's, it's really trying to find where they are and how you play them yeah. for that period. And Absolutely. that takes a lot of discipline. Mm. I think it's also, you have to bring the audience with you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to wear them out after two hours because exactly. there's yeah. another four to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're exciting times ahead, Anna Louise. They are, and, I hope um, so. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thanks it's so much for having me. Great to talk to you. And you're going to sing something for us. Yes. Um, I'm going to sing a little lead by the Austrian composer Josef Marx. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually from Graz, which is the city where I first learned German, mm -hmm. where I studied singing when I was at uni. So it holds a pretty special place in my heart. It's called Hat dich die Liebe berührt? And it's about if love touches you, how do you walk through life? You walk through crowds like you're in a golden cloud, um, as though you're being led by God. So it's a beautiful song. I hope you enjoy it.
Thank you for listening to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini. We hope you've enjoyed the chat and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way, you'll get each new episode as they're released. We also hope to see you in the theatre in the not-too-distant future. And you can stay up to date with all we've got going on at opera.org.au.